The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host. Galen McDowell, and I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. If you're ever in the Chicagoland area, please stop by, check us out, go to our website and get all of the information, or just, you know, you know, Look at some videos and see what we're about. I think that if you know anyone in Chicago, you would definitely want them to come to Christ Universal Temple. Go to our website at www.cutemple.org. That's www.cutemple.org. Also, I do want to let you know that the Universal Foundation for Better Living, which is the umbrella of churches for which Christ Universal Temple is the mother church, is having a its conference, the Panorama of Truth in Chicago, Illinois, this year. You can go to www.ufbl.org for more information. The conference is July 23rd through the 27th of this year. Again, July 23rd through the 27th. You can go to ufbl.org and get more information. Now, we're in the midst of a series called or titled How to Use Your 12 Gifts from God. And I'm using the book How to Use Your 12 Gifts from God by William Warch. And this book is based upon the the theory taught by Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, the co-founders of Unity, that Jesus and his 12 disciples represent the Christ mind and 12 spiritual faculties latent in everyone. In other words, we have these spiritual gifts, these spiritual powers, these spiritual abilities like faith and love and understanding and wisdom and imagination, et cetera, et cetera. And when we understand how to evolve and develop these gifts, they obviously help transform our lives. The way I explain the concept of the 12 powers, as it's called, the 12 powers or 12 powers of man, is that they teach us how to work with total consciousness. Because 12 in biblical symbolism is the number of spiritual fulfillment. Seven is the number of completion. So when we understand 
how total consciousness works, then we are functioning at a higher spiritual level. We're functioning at the Christ level, not just kind of getting glimpses of who we are spiritually, but we're actually functioning from the standpoint of a empowered, enlightened spiritual being with mastery, authority, and dominion over our lives. Now, I did ask everyone who is following along with this series to get the book, and I have had some emails about um, where to get the book from. Some people were having some delays with some of the uh, Internet providers. So I do want to let you know that you can get the book at Christ Universal Temple, uh, Christ Universal Temple's bookstore. Just um, You can call the, the church at 773-568-2282, access speak to the bookstore, or dial directly to the bookstore at 773-568-1666, or email the bookstore at... C-U-T bookstore at C-U temple dot org. C-U-T bookstore at C-U temple dot org. Again, and I believe the publisher is Divorce and Company. And if you, you can just contact them directly, Divorce and Company. I know they have a website. I know they have a phone number. I don't have that information on me. But if the publisher has it, you should be able to get it directly as well. I don't want people not to be able to study properly because they don't have the book. So let's get right to it. Before we get into the book, I want to just kind of give an overview of love from the definition given in the revealing word by Charles Fillmore. This is from page 124. Love, the pure essence of being that binds together the whole human family. So when it says the pure essence of being, being is capitalized. Or, or So it's basically saying the pure essence of God that binds the whole human family together. So God is love, as scripture teaches us. It says of all the attributes of God, love is undoubtedly the most beautiful and divine mind, which is, again is God. Love is the power that joins and binds in divine harmony the universe and everything in it, the great harmonizing principle known to man. So, again, in God or in God mind or in divine mind or in spirit, love is the ability that joins and binds or connects everything in divine harmony. That's important to know. This is why love is such is such a is so powerful because it's, it joins and brings things together in harmony. That's one of the ways we know that when, when chaos is present, love is not reigning. It goes on to say divine love is impersonal. It loves for the sake of loving, which basically tells us that love in and of itself, when we really start working with love, only does what it does. It's not concerned with how it's viewed. Love loves for the sake of what it is. In other words, love is not pure love. God love is not corrupted out from by the way we think, but but because what we think we experience, we don't allow the love of God always to flow through us uh, uninhibited. Moving on, it says, like the sun, its joy is in the shining forth of its nature. It goes on to say, love is an inner quality that sees good everywhere and in everybody. Now, that's 
that can be difficult. We watch the news, we see things going on in our communities, and then we're taught to love even those who we feel as though do despicable things. Because at times we think love means agreement or love means reconciliation or love means we co-sign something. No, love just means love. Love is the position you take. You can love someone and they still have to have the consequences of their actions. That has nothing to do with your love. See, you love because it frees you. You forgive because it frees you. And when we have the consciousness of love, then we're not holding on to the, 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 the lower levels of consciousness that bind and block our blessings. That's why it's very important to understand that it sees good everywhere and in everybody. You know, to be able to say in your mind, not necessarily to a person, but to a, to a, in your mind, a person you feel as though has done wrong by you or abused you or harmed you and still be able to say, I behold the Christ in you is not for their sake and not to make them good in your human eyes, because whatever they did humanly might have been that which is inconsistent with love and peace, harmony and joy. But you do it to keep yourself free. You know, this is why Jesus taught love and forgiveness so much and then embodied it with statements like, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, which was which was really not talking about a God who punishes people, but God has divine law, which gives people the consequences of their actions. Jesus's love could see through their ignorance. But without the power of love, there is no power of resurrection. Because if he would have been bound by the what was happening to him, he'd have been stuck there. Now, moving on, it goes on to say it insists that all is good. And by refusing to see anything but good, it causes that quality finally to appear uppermost in itself and in all things. So that's basically saying that not only does it see good, it insists that all is good. Now, now, insist that all is good does not mean that you don't try to make things better. You don't try to improve society. You don't protect the people that you love. And, you know, what I mean by that, creating a society that keeps, you know, your families and your friends and your community safe and all that and police officers and all. I'm not saying anything against all of that. I'm not saying people who do crimes. Uh, I'm, I, I'm calling good from the standpoint of a human standpoint. No, this is a statement that seems at the surface to contradict everything we see humanly. It's not. It's saying beyond what we call the human experience is still the omnipresence of God. God everywhere equally present. Therefore, love is present. But just because love is present does not mean I'm aware of it or I benefit from it. If you have a, a, a it's, it's sort of like anything else. If you have a cell phone, you'll discover that where you're at your cell phone cell phone signal is, but without a cell phone that's that's connected to that signal, the Sprint or the AT and T or the T Mobile or whoever, the signal could be where you're at, but you can't benefit from the signal. You can have a radio, and the local radio stations are where you're at right now. 
But without the radio, first of all, electricity or, or battery to turn the radio on and the antenna to connect with the signals, all of your favorite stations could be right where you're at and you don't benefit from them. You can have a if you if, right now, HBO and Showtime and Cinemax and ESPN and TNT and TBS and ABC and NBC and CBS and all of these stations are right where you are. But unless you have a TV or a cable or a digital uh, satellite or now even Internet access, because the Internet is right where we're at depending on your carrier, Wi-Fi, things like that, unless you have something that can tune into it, it could be surrounding you. Right now, the Internet, right now, cell phone signals, right now, broad, regular TV is all around right now, satellite, cable stations are all around you as we speak. But unless you have a device that can connect to it, you can't benefit from it. Well, the mind consciously connects to the power of the omnipresence, the omniscience, the omnipotence of God, all God's power, all God's wisdom, all God's love and peace and joy are present. But that doesn't mean we benefit from it. You can, God as the source of your supply can be right in front of you, but that doesn't mean that you're benefiting financially. God as life and health and wholeness is all within you, within you, outside of you, and to penetrating you. That doesn't mean you're healthy. God as wisdom surrounds you. And God as order surrounds you. It does not mean that you make wise choices or your life is in order. It's only what you're consciously aware of. That's your antenna. That's your satellite. That's your device. It's only what you're consciously aware of that you can really then take hold of and create some mastery around. Because when you become conscious of who you are in God and who God is in you, then you can start making some choices and and, and start putting practice into it, start practicing and working with these faculties so you can evolve in Christ consciousness. It's really important for you to, to get this point because it's very difficult to see love everywhere. If you think that. Love is present in some places and not present in others. But we say God is present everywhere. So if God is, love is. Now, that doesn't mean that you're supposed to stay in a particular experience where you are not benefiting from the love that God is. In other words, uh, negative experiences or people that are not for your highest good not for your that doesn't benefit your uh um you know soul development from a standpoint it everything benefits your soul development at one level or another but i'm not i'm talking about benefiting from the standpoint of helping you enhance and cultivate that which is good in you not having not drawing fear or creating manipulation and all the other things that go along with sometimes these negative experiences people in and situations. When I say negative people, I just mean their disposition, their thinking, their actions, not who they are. Because even the negative person is the image and likeness of God, God and expression. And we have to see the Christ 
and who we even consider negative. That's the trick. That gives us mastery. That gives us authority. That gives us dominion. Uh, Mr. Fillmore goes on to say, love is the great harmonizer and healer. Whoever calls on God as Holy Spirit for healing is calling on divine love. So he's saying love will heal your body. When you have a sufficient consciousness of love, love can actually heal your body. He goes on to say divine love will bring your own to you, adjust all misunderstandings and make your life and affairs healthy, happy, harmonious and free. And then he quotes the Apostle Paul. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. Romans chapter 13, verse 10. So that's a lot of stuff that goes under what we call love. When we come back from our break in the in the uh we will really drill down on it in the book, How to Use Your 12 Gifts from God. But I want you to just be open to the possibility that we don't trust love. We don't trust love because we don't want to be vulnerable. We've associated our love with our emotions. And there's a lot of things that I'm going to get into when it comes to love. But I just want you to just be open to the possibility that we don't really trust love. And we really don't believe that love will reign supreme. So, if we don't trust it, we don't try it. We trust what we trust, we try. What we trust, we do. We think arguing and fussing and conflict works. That that's why we do it. We don't trust love. That's why we don't use it. So, anyway, uh, before we take our break, I want to remind you that this station and this show is supported by your love offerings, your donations. So. As you have freely received, freely give, this station has uh, doesn't charge anybody for these powerful lessons that are being given all day, every day. So to help support this ministry, this online ministry, click on the donate button, help support unity so we can continue giving these type of shows to you. It's stuff that goes on in the background that you don't realize. It's, I'm in Chicago right now. It's a gentleman in the studio taking care of the business, not just for this show, but for every show. And they have computers and they have offices and they have monitors and, and staff and et cetera, et cetera. All that stuff has to be paid. So I'm requesting that you keep this in mind when you listen to this show or other shows on Unity Online Radio to make sure that you are supportive with your giving. Let your actions back up what you say. With that, we're going to take our first break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous love offerings of listeners like you. If you feel spiritually fed by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Over 50 and looking for real answers to the challenges and remarkable opportunities ahead? Under 50 and want to know more about the world you'll soon inherit? 
Then Do Not Go Quietly is a great book for you. Inspiring, accessible, full of practical guidance. This best-selling book has already won three 2013 book awards. It is a call to action and to a life of genuine value for those who weren't born yesterday. Wise woman Jean Houston says it's profound, compassionate, and deeply useful. New thought leader Michael Beckwith says Do Not Go Quietly offers invaluable insights into one of the most vital subjects of our time. So celebrate this precious gift of your life by living the life you were born to live. And remember, you're never too old or too young to live those dreams. Available on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and bookstores everywhere. For free downloads, interviews, and a lot more, visit www.donotgoquietlythebook.com. We know that God is the source of our prosperity, but how do we manifest it in our lives? We simply change our limiting patterns around money, relationships, and health. Then, naturally, our vitality goes up, and so does our cash flow. We start to live with purpose, sharing our unique ability. Join us on Prosperity Power Hour every Monday at 1 p.m. Central Time to claim your divine inheritance. Prosperity for all, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and we're in the midst of the series, How to Use the Twelve Gifts from God. Before we get into the book, I want to remind you that if you have any questions, you can call me at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489 during the show. Also, if you want to get in contact with me, they, they've given an email address, but i also like to let you know that you can contact me through my Facebook page, which I check daily. Uh, which is Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. You can inbox me. You can ask a question on if it's private, or you can just put whatever you need to put on the page, and I'll make sure I respond. So let's just make sure that we stay in contact. If you have any questions, or go to the Facebook page and just share it with others, because guess what? If you really believe in what is being presented here, share it with others. If you share it on your page, that lets people know that, you know, this is something that's possibly good for them and they could benefit from it. Share truth with your friends like you would share a good movie. When you know how it is when you see a good movie and then you tell everybody about it. You know, I think I told everybody about a couple of years ago when the Avengers came out. I was like, man, you got to see it. The Incredible Hulk, Thor, Captain America and all of that. And I was telling everybody about it. I was enthused and and, you know, when I see a good Kung Fu movie, I let people know about it. Well, guess what? The the things that transform our lives, we should get excited about. A message that can transform our lives, we should get excited like we get excited about the Super Bowl 
or about the NBA All-Star Game or the World Series or the NBA Finals or the Olympics because every day is the Olympics in your life you're, because you're always striving to do your best in the sense of living the life that you deserve. But only you can create it. Now, to the book, on page 30, reading a preview of how to use the 12 gifts from God. Again, I'm reading my version of the book. Your page might be different. It has five. It's The preview has uh, uh, five points. The first one is love is not an emotion. Love is the ability to know oneness with all. Love is the ability to desire that only good comes to all. Gravity is a high form of love. Love is the great harmonizer. So, moving on. The paragraph says the sum total of all 12 of your spiritual gifts equals to Christ. As you have probably come to realize by now, developing a balance and the awareness of these 12 is your mission for Christ awareness. The word balance is a key to spiritual sensitivity and will appear time and time again in the study of your 12 gifts from God. So in other words, it's really important to make sure that our souls are in balance because things that are out of balance, out of harmony will draw experiences to you to help you balance that particular aspect of your soul. So if you look at these gifts as also working through your soul, if you're a threefold being, and I believe all of us are spirit, soul, and body, that means these spiritual gifts function through the soul, and they have, according to Fillmore, uh, uh, locations in the body where they become active. In other words, like faith, uh, pineal gland, which is sight and hearing. You know, uh, I talked last week about uh, judgment slash wisdom, working from the pit of the stomach. This week with love, we're talking about the area uh, around the back of the heart, which in most mystical, uh, religious or spiritual philosophies, the heart center is always symbolize, always symbolizes love, whether that's 12 powers, whether it's the chakra system, whether you have um, systems over with traditional uh, Chinese medicine where they have meridian points around the heart. Um, and many other systems I won't get into right now that they all talk about opening the heart center. So in the 12 powers theory, it's no different. And the gospel in the gospels, the, the, the disciple that symbolizes the love center is the apostle John who wrote about, or at least symbolically wrote about love. We don't know who wrote the gospel of John and the, and what John's wrote the epistles of John and book of revelation. But through the symbolism, John represents love because the epistles of John and the gospel of John focus a lot and use a lot of love language. Therefore he symbolizes love metaphysically. Now back to the book. It states that in Bible symbology, your masculine characteristics, male characters, fall under the category of your thinking nature, while your f- feminine characteristics, female characters, fall under your feeling nature. There are times, however, when a highly evolved male, male character will represent a feminine feeling quality and vice versa. 
Love is expressed in your consciousness through your feeling nature and is an important spiritual tool in developing and balancing your feeling nature with your thinking nature. So that's key. Love is a spiritual tool in developing and balancing your feeling nature. So it can be in harmony with your thinking nature. That's really key because because if the thinking and feeling are out of balance, you're in conflict with yourself. You think one thing, you feel something else, which means you really want to do something else. Or you feel one thing that you really want to do, but your thoughts know better. That, that, that creates conflict in your own soul, which is symbolized metaphysically. I'm not going to get into it or teach it. That's symbolized metaphysically as the, uh, the fall of man story in the Bible. Because Adam represents the thinking and Eve represents the feeling. Temptation never goes to the thinking rational mind. It always comes at us through our feelings and through our emotions. All right. He goes on to say lack of balance results in intellectualism or emotionalism. In other words, if you're all intellect and no emotion, I mean, and no love, you lack emotion. You know, you could be stiff, uncaring. You can make decisions that might seem right, but they're not compassionate. If you're all emotion and you, everything that drives you is based upon how you feel, then you don't make logical good choices consistently. Love helps balance that. All right. The next page, 31, is love is a spiritual gift, and it may surprise you to know that it is not an emotion. You know, I know Tina Turner called it a secondhand emotion, but it's not. Love is not an emotion. It says it is often confused with emotion because it is it is expressed through the feeling nature, just as emotion is. But love is a spiritual quality which is drawn upon to settle emotion and to balance the feeling nature. More often than not, love is surrounded by emotion to the point where we have confused it with emotion. Therefore, there is the mistaken idea that love includes turbulence and stress. So in other words, because we wrapped our love so much around our emotions that we have a hard time separating love from emotion. Therefore, when our emotions are uh, in an uproar, what love should be doing is balancing them. But we allow our emotions to carry our, the, the, this our love and intertwine and mix with it because we haven't developed love in the soul at a level that calms the soul when things get out of order. See, one of the things that love does is it harmonizes, is it balances and it cements. So if love is harmonizing and balancing and cementing, you're good. Then that means that your emotions have to learn how to be still when it's time to be still. You can't let your emotions take you where you don't want to go, where you're just saying things and just doing stuff. And then try to back up and say that it was done out of love. Now, back to the book. Now, he he's about to say some some really, really tough things, but. Hopefully you'll get what he's saying. And I'm reading it because I want to make sure you understand it. One and two, for those who don't have the book, which I'm even though I'm requesting everybody does get it. But if you don't, I want to make sure you don't miss a point. He, he wrote, you may ask, how can I tell whether or not I am experiencing genuine love toward a person or emotion? There is one way you can always tell. 
ask yourself whether or not you have condition, excuse me, any conditions on your love toward this person. Must they have a certain manner for you to love them? Must they love you in a in return to receive your love? Do you require that they believe a certain way for you to love them? In other words, if you have conditions on your love towards a person, it is not love. It is emotionalism. Emotionalism results in what could be called conditional love. And this is merely the seeking to have one's own needs met. If your love is based primarily on having your own needs met, it is not the love of God. It is personal love based on emotional needs. I'm going to read that again. It is personal love based on emotional needs. And it is important to emphasize at this point that we all have emotional needs. It is not wrong to seek fulfillment of these needs from the personal love of another. Just don't confuse it with divine love, the spiritual gift God has implanted within you. So basically what he is saying is personal love has conditions. If you do this, I'll love you. If you act like this, I'll love you. You say the things I like, I'll love you. The love of God loves for the sake of loving. Now, he's also saying that there's nothing wrong with personal love from the standpoint of understanding that if you're in a relationship like marriage or or any or even friendship or whatever, that there are needs that are, that that come with relationships. And when those needs or bottom lines are violated, you have every right to say, hey, that doesn't work for me. Let's keep it moving. But in God love, even if you keep it moving. That has nothing to do with you loving. See, the love of God loves because the love of God loves. Many times we love based upon what we like or what we don't like. That's what makes it conditional. That's what makes it personal. That's what makes it based upon emotion. And I would add what he didn't add. That also is created by perception. So personal love has a lot to do with how I see it and how I see it fuels my emotions. But the problem is how I see it is mainly fueled by my past. So I'm not necessarily seeing things as they are. I'm seeing them through the filter of my past because the subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between a past, present, or future event. If you think of something from the past that was painful, you can get caught up in the emotion of it as if it is happening right now. You can fear something in the future that hasn't even happened yet or might not ever happen and get caught up in the emotion. Because the subconscious mind does not know the difference between a past, present, and future event. In the subconscious mind, it is always now. So if you feel it now, you experience it now. It has nothing to do with what the world calls time. If you feel it now, if you feel it now, you experience it now. That's just the way it works. All right, moving on. He goes on to say on page 32. If true love is not to satisfy personal and emotional needs, then what is its purpose? 
One of his purposes is that of equipping you with the ability to know your oneness with all. In reality, that which supports the universe, uh, treat yourself and other people is God. Everything and everybody comes from God. Everything and everybody is God expressed into visibility. We are all one. Now, this is really important because yet again, we talk about a new thought, the omnipresence of God, God everywhere equally present. And I know some people say, well, you know, well, what about all of these horrible things that are going on in the world? But you have to realize that that all the things that the people are doing does not necessarily uh, uh, devalue or or even disrupt the concept of omnipresence. Here's why. God is life. You can see life in in a myriad of things, in the seas, in the ground, with people, etc. You know, life is, even at the subatomic level. You see the divine order of the universe, the solar systems working, gravity working, oxygen and nitrogen, etc. We we breathe in oxygen, produce carbon monoxide. The trees except the carbon monoxide produce oxygen. Everything is working in order. Only when people get involved with their thinking, because we're free agents, we can think, therefore we can create that which we desire. It's only when people become involved with things does what we call evil even come into play. Think of one thing that you would consider evil where people either aren't involved or affected. Is a tornado evil if there are no people around or no people affected, meaning their property, etc.? Is a tsunami evil if there's no people around or no property destroyed? And when I say property, that includes, you know, not just like buildings, but, you know, it could be something as simple, simple as livestock. In other words, people aren't affected in any way and people aren't involved in any way. Where's the evil then? Because if evil was, then evil would then see what I'm trying to get you to see is people create their own experiences by by how we think we we produce as a collective consciousness the things we see that's why it's important that we as a people who are waking up to who we are and knowing our oneness with God not only affect the collective consciousness by rising in consciousness by, by but by being a stand for that consciousness with people be the example go out and live it share it with others because we believe that this message can make a difference. That's what knowing your oneness with all things means. We all come from the same omnipresent substance of God. Or as the physicists are calling it, the God particle now. That everything in the universe comes from this same basic sub-sub-sub-atomic particle that they call the God particle. Same conversation in quantum physics is what the early metaphysicians were, were writing about, the early metaphysical New Thought writers and the mystic writers before that, before there was ever a thing called New Thought, because New Thought is just teaching the these ancient spiritual truths 
in a way that's concise and direct without all of the necessary cultural language and um, religion that goes along with it. It's just teaching the principle. I call new thought, but naked God. Cause that's all it is. But naked God. All right. Back to the book. Page 32. Love is your ability to, to desire that only good come to all in a worldly consciousness of limitation. It is easy to believe that, that there's only so much good to go around. Now, this is really key because we have to make sure that we, we take care of the business of love. Now, let me say this really quick. We've got to take our last break. So we're going to do that and we'll be right back with Truth Transform. Are we nearing the end of the world? Reading the book of Revelation, you might think so, and it doesn't end well. But is it possible that the Bible's darkest story is a positive tale? Author Ed Townley, host of the Unity Online radio show, The Bible Alive, thinks so. A Bible enthusiast, Townley focuses on the metaphysical meanings rather than the literal text. In Kingdom Come, new from Unity Books, Townley takes a fresh approach to Revelation. The kingdom, Townley explains, doesn't await us in the afterlife. It's ours to experience today, as we learn to find the good even in our darkest challenges. Explore Revelation in a new light. Order the book Kingdom Come online today at unitybooks.org. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm on page 33 of the book, How to Use Your 12 Gifts from God. All right. It goes on to say, let's look at another aspect of love that of the magnetic attracting power of love and gravity of love the love of mother earth draws all things to it you too are love and gravity and you draw anything to you which you love now i want you to think about the fact or even the concept you don't have to accept it as a fact 
that you are you are your own gravitational field. I am my own gravitational field. I draw things to me that I love. He goes on to say, if you love a person or object, you draw them to you. You can even draw negative conditions because you subconsciously love them. That doesn't mean you're consciously aware of any of this, but you might have some subconscious thing about arguing and battling and fighting and being right. And, and you know, that being right is a big thing. So you will draw situations and the circumstances to you that will make you right. They make you prove other people wrong because you love it. Some people love to argue. They say they don't, but they get a high out of it. You know, you know, they, 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 you know, they, they love to make up and break up and, and all that other stuff. Uh, they, they, they love gossip. So they draw people who gossip, but the problem is the people who gossip with you will gossip about you. That's the problem. <laughs> so it says it is amazing how little we consciously use the magnetic power of love. He goes on to say it is mostly utilized unconsciously. This is unfortunate because we because we understand our subconscious so little we cannot predict what we will draw to us. So because I love it and love because it works through the feeling nature works can work very subjectively. In other words, you just don't realize how you're drawing it to yourself. And and. It's important to know this because as you love certain type of things and situations, you know, you can draw them to you. If you can love to be right so much to the point that you can think that you're right about something that's negative and draw that to you. And you can say, well, this love, love's not going to draw anything negative to me. No, but your subconscious mind, which is your, which is your, as Reverend Coleman would call tape recorder's job is to play back to you that which you desire. You desire that what you say you want in life. All right. Back to the book. The beautiful thing about the develop about developing the awareness of love as a magnetic magnetizing, excuse me, attracting power is that you can deliberately start loving that which you want to experience in your life. So you can start loving your body. Start telling the parts of your body through prayer and meditation. I, you know, I love you feet. I love you ankles. I love you shins. Touch them sometimes. I love you heart and lungs. You know, I, I, I love whatever. You having a particular health issue, tell, you know, even you, you, you talk to it and you tell the cells that you love them. I would strongly suggest you get the, it's a little pamphlet that Unity Cells called Unity Sales called How I Found um, How I Found Health. By Myrtle Fillmore, how I found health by Myrtle Fillmore. She talked about how she loved, asked forgiveness of her body, and she would talk her body to health. So she had a, she had a, and she explains what she did in in, in good detail. And I think it's a very powerful way of working with that concept. You know, another way of working with, it, and I mentioned this before, was the book Healing Secret of the Ages by. Catherine Ponder, which takes these same 12 powers and talks about them from the standpoint of health. And her chapter on love is fantastic. Fantastic. You know, you know, we think about how we say things that affect our feeling nature, especially around the concept of our personal love, not 
agape, unconditional God love, a personal love. We say things like that person broke my heart or that person stole my heart. Or that person, you know, you know, stabbed me in the heart, the language that we use. Okay, you know, our hearts are intertwined. In other words, you know, they've come together. We use a lot of language, you know, you know, uh, and, and even how we feel about things can affect our physical health, our physical well-being, including our heart, which Catherine Ponder talks about in great detail about things like heart attacks and things like that in Healing Secret of the Ages. All right. Back to the book. He goes on to say, to love someone is to see your oneness with them. To love someone is to desire that only good comes to them. To love someone is to draw to them, draw them to you and experience them spiritually, whether they are physically present or not. That's why you can still feel the presence of a loved one after they've transitioned, because in love, you are one. And that consciousness of love connects you, even if they're not physically present. It would be no different if they're just in another state. You're not seeing them and not necessarily talking to them, but you're one with them wherever they're at, wherever I am, wherever you are, God is. All right. He says to love prosperity is drawing prosperity into your life. You know, you know, as, as Reverend Ike says, the love of money isn't the root of all evil. The lack of money is <laughs> uh, moving on to love. Health is to draw health into your life. To love a car is to draw it into your living experience. If any of these things are drawn into your life for the purpose of personal ego advantage over another, it is not love. In other words, if that if personal ego advantage, keeping up with the Joneses or anything like that is the, your driving force, it's not love. All right. He says that there is one last quality to be considered about this great gift of love. Love is the great harmonizer of the universe. It is the spiritual ointment for chaos and confusion. I love that ointment like Icy Hot or Ben Gay or Tiger Bomb. Tiger Bomb, you know, uh, the Chinese ointment that people use. As it draws things together, it does it in a harmonious manner. If you are in a chaotic situation, you can direct love to the situation and harmony will be restored. When you direct your love, you are free of lesser emotional entanglements and you are capable of seeing the truth underlying all conditions. This insight and understanding puts your consciousness at ease, which automatically puts conditions at ease. In this sense, love brings freedom. When you love someone, you free him. When you love a situation, you free it. When people and conditions are free, they are receptive to the natural harmony of the universe. Your ability to love restores the natural harmony of the universe. Your ability to love restores a natural harmony that underlies apparent chaos. So I'm just going to say it this way. As I stated earlier, if chaos is present, love is not reigning. Love is not in control. Love is not being properly demonstrated. Because love harmonizes. So where love is dominant, harmony is present. When love is dominant, you just don't say anything. You just don't do anything. You just don't act any kind of way because compassion is there. Cooperation is there. Kindness is there. Service is there. 
See, but, you know, we have to get to the point where we really get that, that love does matter. And if and I can love a situation first, loving myself so I can see from love. And then being love in any experience or situation, that doesn't mean that, again, you have to stay in a situation that doesn't work for you or your life or that's dangerous. But what it is saying is that when you love yourself, then you're free of the entanglements that keep us in bondage to things. It's really important that we realize that love matters. Do you trust love? Do you trust love? I want to give you these quick seven points before I go. This is uh, from the book. Your God-given potential, unfolding the 12 spiritual powers by Winifred Wilkinson Halsman. Again, the name of the book is Your God-Given Potential. And she breaks down love into seven points. And I didn't teach this exhaustively. That's why you have to get these books. Even I could teach any one of these powers for four or five shows easily. But I'm not. She gives in this book, she gives seven points of how love evolves. She said, first, it works through interest. Then it goes to acquaintance. Then it works through affection. Then it deals with attraction. She has fifth point. She just calls love six identification and seven at one. We call it atonement. But in new thought, we call it at one minute. realizing your oneness with all things. So I'm not going to explain those seven points. I would Again, this is a resource book, but I just want to let you know that she's talking about that with any of these faculties, things evolve. Most of the time you just get interested in that, which you love originally starts off most of the time as an interest. Before it evolves fully into feeling at one with a person or 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 an experience. So your soul is evolving. Work with it. Do the things that you need to do, but make sure that you keep up your own inner prayer work, that you study the book, that you take the notes, that you listen to the lessons again so you can, again, evolve these 12 spiritual faculties. Really work with them because, you know, you know, if you if you need meditation material on them. Uh, the book 12 Powers Now has the book 12 Powers of Man and Christ Enthroned in Man in the book. So Christ enthroned in man, that part of the book is just 12 power meditations in the book. Your God given potential. She gives meditations. It's another book called 12 power meditation exercise by Charles Roth. So it's ways you can do it. Um, I believe out of the church and um, the, the church in Jamaica, uh, Universal Center of Truth with the Reverend Sheila McKeith and one of her parishioners made a CD of the 12 powers. I think we have some in our bookstore. Uh, and it's good. So these are things that you can use to help this process. Next week, make sure you read the next chapter, which will be on power. God bless you. And I'll be back with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. 
Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. From mayhem to miracle, from disaster to divine, Rants to Revelations Radio finds the opportunities for spiritual growth in everyday moments. Drawing from current headlines to pop culture, Reverend Ogan blurs the lines between the sacred and the profane, bringing meaning to the meaningless, with guests who are dedicated to transforming the world for good. Join Ogan live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central for Rants to Revelations Radio. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on these words from Rev. Joan Gattuso. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies, either minuscule or outrageous, for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. A noble being will always tell the truth. Do you? Begin now with the first step of simply noticing if you do tell the truth immediately or if your first instinct is to alter the facts a bit. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Reverend Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. 
I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.